and welcome back to the film real cast i am stuart your host as usual and again i'm pleased to say i'm joined by the lovely neil neil how are you i'm very well very well Stu. and uh we've got a special guest with us today haven't we exactly i'm happy ecstatic excited and moist to say that i'm joined by the lovely rav rav how are you doing mate welcome I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. oh, it's only we could. <laughs> Honestly, it's just unbelievable. So, Rav, what made you take the dip and come on our podcast? We are so delighted to have you. I have not seen you guys in a very long time, so I thought, come and join the party. It's uh, We listen to your podcasts, and especially on um, on YouTube. Uh, every single time you post a video, I'll happy, happily sit there and watch it. So, um thought... Oh. Yeah, come in, give my two cents. Oh, have you seen my latest one called Beneath that I put out a couple of days back? That, unfortunately, I've not because I've been working. <laughs> Honestly, it's uh, it's a film on Netflix, meant to be a horror film, and I, I watched it with uh, Adele, and it was terrible that I, I felt compelled to review it. That is absolutely <laughs> awful. It's shocking. So, um, yeah, it's so funny about a rubber killer fish in a lake. It's who isn't scared of rubber killer fish, though? Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm petrified every time I go into water of any rubber fish, especially <laughs> the killer variety. Exactly, that's what it's all about. But we're not joined by James this week. Sadly, James no. uh, has got family matters. He's up to his neck in it, the poor lad. So he's had to take a back seat. But he has said he'll give this an 8 out of 10. It was a vast improvement on Rush Hour 3. Yeah. Um, and he's probably thinking about he's going to watch Rush Hour 3 again and maybe he'll change his review um, I, think, I think he will I think so definitely I think so as well I yeah. think so deep down he knows that he was a bit harsh he was a bit excited that night he was a bit excitable wasn't he I think that's the thing he just became a bit of a war of words with you and he, he gave it a score that wasn't necessary exactly Rav did you watch Rush Hour 3 a very very long time ago I'll have to um, brush up on it but, uh, don't yeah, bother very long time ago what are your thoughts on the Rush Hour franchise? As per usual, the first one, great movie. It's having, you know, from East and West, so you've got Chris Tucker, a very good comedian, and, you know, the, the great Jackie Chan. What can he go wrong? You know, what can he not do right? So it's just, it's, just, it's um, the first one, great buddy cop movie. Um, definitely a very good movie. And then the second one, it was very much like one review now, but uh, very much the same thing but slightly skewed slightly different not so much you know i wasn't a big fan of the second one or the third one but yeah. uh, the first was definitely a very good movie do you see like chan as a, a one-trick pony or have you seen uh, what's that one called uh on netflix where the foreigner. The foreigner. The foreigner. that's it yeah well remembered have you seen that at all i have um it's very dark compared to his normal movies he does um, but it's, what did you um, think of it? I thought it's an interesting concept um, from, from what I can remember. Again, I've not watched it for a long time ago, but um, you can see he's getting older. The the choreography is still there, but it's slowed down compared to things like you know Mr. Nice Guy or um, Project A when he was in yeah. his prime. But it's good to see a different side because I was saying last week when. You know, I was kind of fighting the corner, um, so to speak, and I was saying that it was great that he did that because it saw a different side to Jackie Chan, the side that, um, I mean, 
I've got a lot of criticisms in this film. There's a, mm. a, a more criticisms I've got than I had in the third one, funnily enough. But it was great to see him kind of empowered as an actor, actually using some acting skills uh, and proving people wrong that he's not just all about doing his stunts, which are amazingly impressive. And I was so pleased he did it, especially late on in his career, because it would be sad that he would be remembered for just being like a one-trick pony, you know? He's, I mean, I'm sure there are uh, movies in Cantonese or Mandarin whereby, you know, sometimes we don't see them in the West here, but I'm sure there are movies set in Hong Kong, China, um, whereby you've got movies where he's, you know, he shows his, his range, his acting range. Exactly. So I needed you last week when I was getting bullied. <laughs> Honestly, I left the podcast in tears last week. I tried to hide it. I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah, and but, I hope you did cry after giving it the side of score as you did, <laughs> <coughs> to be honest. Um, I think he will be known as a one-trick pony, unless he does a lot more films like The Foreign. And all right, I haven't seen it, but I take your word as gospel, to be fair, Stu. Um, yeah, so, you know, I suspect unless he does more films like that, he will just be known as a one-trick pony over here, in the sense he's the funny guy that does lots of flips and crazy shit. Yeah. but. So what stuff is Rab into? Sorry, is anyone else like Jackie Chan around now? How so? I mean, you've got the guy from, um, oh God, what's it called? It's even one of my favourite ever films. Uh, The Raid. Oh, um, uh, it's, I know you're talking about, I just can't remember the name right now. Yeah. You've got him. You've got Donnie Yen, who's another. Donnie Yen's quite old though. Yeah. Now he's they're all getting on in age, unfortunately. There's, there's not been anyone in recent times where, who, who have taken up the mantle of you can act and you can also do the choreography as well as stunts. Is that because, though, that those type of films aren't particularly well watched anymore? I mean, The Raid is incredible. It, have, you, have you ever seen that, Neil? No, I've not seen The Raid, no. Oh, my Lord. It, it, it's so, so good. I honestly... And The Raid 2 as well is a an amazing film it's a carry-on straight from the raid um and it's just absolutely incredible the choreography is just mind-blowing and uh the, the strange thing is it's uh an indian i think it's indonesian film i think um yes it is it is isn't it yeah and uh the actual film Iko was... i think is the name. that's the name of the um actor Iko waris that's it I may yeah what's that name, I may no, that's, that name. See, that's it... quite an old film now it's 10 years old yeah and it was done by gareth evans who's a welsh guy so it was so weird that a westerner has done such like a, an influential amazing martial arts film it's so so good and he mm. did the raid too which has got um <clears throat> the same guy in it we actually did a podcast on it so I wanted James to watch it. Um, okay. And we went into like the style of cry. I think it's panic silly karate style that he does. And it's incredible. And it's mm. because it's all Indonesians. It's all like, the, unlike when you've got like, no, I said Jet Li in Lethal Weapon 3 when he was fighting Mel Gibson had to slow it down. That mm. because obviously it's all people um, who are skilled in martial arts. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, and it's so quick and the choreography is just second to none. And they use the same characters as well. And the characters in there are kind of like third dance and champions at Panit Silit, which is the, the skill they use. Uh, it's just, honestly, 
you just got to see it. It really is. It's just oh, such a mind. Yeah, it's such a good film. One Definitely of them was on Netflix watch. or Amazon. I'm not too sure which one. But, okay. Well, I've got the, the funny so the funny thing is, when I, um, obviously having watched The Raid, um, I recently watched uh, Dread again, uh, one with Carl Urban, and it reminded me much of The Raid. Yes, floor by floor. Yes. I mean, yeah. you love the, um, uh, Dread, love Dread, don't you, Neil? I love that film so much. It's so good. It's one of my favourite ever films, Dread. Yeah, I'm gutted they a... never did a second the... or did the um, Netflix series that they talked about. But because it's in the what? Works, apparently. What, sorry? It, it, uh, well, apparently it's still in the works. How true that is. Who I knows? don't know. I don't know. Who it's knows? been spoken about for a long, long time, but it, it never carried on because it just wasn't well received in cinemas. But I think the love of the film afterwards is, has been quite strong. So it's a mm. shame because Carl Urban said he always wanted to play Dread again. Yeah. But I don't know if he'll ever get the chance. No. He's, I think he's a very yeah. underrated actor, Carl Urban. Yeah. yeah, him in the boys. He is oh, so yes. good as the butcher. Yes. It's so good. Yeah, it's so foul mouthed, isn't it? It's brilliant, isn't it? It's <laughs> he's the type of guy I'd love to be. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Right. Um, we must get back to what we're doing. Yes. Yes. We're the longest podcast ever. Um, okay, Rush Hour Two, two thousand and one, again directed by Brett Ratner and written by Ross Lamana. Uh, again, you've got their continuity. We are doing them backwards because that's what we do. We are backwards. So we're doing three, two, and one. So next week, we'll be talking about the creation of Rush Hour, even though we know exactly what happened. The budget <laughs> for this one grew, as usual. It was uh, 90 million estimated. Opening weekend, 67 million. It grossed in the US, 226 million worldwide, 347. So again, it was a massive success. And again, Chris Tucker got a huge whack of salary um of over 25 million and you got more than jackie chan yet again i know that really angers neil well i'll be honest i don't for the third one definitely because it was fucking awful but um this one i don't mind so much so there you go Fair play. i mean you, again you've got jackie chan plays inspector lee chris tucker plays carter you've got john lone who plays ricky tan um azizi yang who plays who lee um, Rosalind Sanchez who plays Isabella Molina and Alan King who plays Stephen Rain. you've got other characters in there who aren't important uh, apart <laughs> from you've got Maggie Q who's at the start lovely Maggie Q who's just so young in a car who's just Chris Tucker tries to chat up I didn't notice her when I first watched it but I went through IMDB and it says Maggie Q's in it I she thought who does. the bloody hell is she um, what does she play and then um, girl in car She's fantastic, and she's lovely, Maggie Q. Die Hard 4 and Femme Fatale. Just a very attractive woman. I think Mission Impossible 3 as well. Very, very lovely in the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a very lovely lady, I'm sure. Oh. So this starts off with a bang, literally, where it goes to the American consulate being blown up by Wu um, Lee. So we don't quite know why. And I must admit, it was I was unsurprised because... Last one started, big bang, big explosion, something happening. And the first one starts as well. We know that already. And I'm always happy. And I've always, I've always liked this lady ever since I saw her in House of Flying Daggers. Mm. Um, Zuzi Yang. I just I fell in love with her. She's so lovely. She really is stunning. And Worst wig she, ever, though. 
Oh, worst wig ever. Yeah, 100%. But I, I've been having no hair myself. I can't comment on that. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's great. I mean, she doesn't... I mean, in a, a tangent, and again, in her film, she she does martial arts. She's amazing at it. But she's a, a professional dancer, and she uses her skills. Uh, a bit like John Travolta uses his dancing skills and Patrick Swayze. So wow. she's brilliant. But I instantly you get into it where it goes to Carter, goes to um, Lee in the car, and you've got the Beach Boys, and you've got that cheesy feel to this film again, which I really don't mind. I'm quite happy with. Yeah, I think that's just their chemistry, isn't it? They are just cheesy together. Um, yeah. I think James had a massive issue with Chris Tucker in the last, in the third instalment, saying it was just, you know, Chris Tucker being Chris Tucker. But that's kind of, you know, the more you watch them, it's just who they are, isn't it? And it's, it is a cheese fest, but you don't mind it because that's who he is. But I think, I think the we're going to do this film a favour. You know? I think going backwards, we're really going to do this a favour. Mm, I think you're right. So, I mean, you haven't seen the third one, Brav, so you're, a, I think you're a luxury probably, aren't you? As I said, I think I, I watched this a very, very long time ago. So, I mean, when, when this Rush Hour 2 came out in 2001, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's been a very long time since I've seen um, since seen three, but I do like Jackie Chan movies, so I, I you know it is on my list. Yeah, I'd always watch this if it's on. I'd even I know I get crucified again, but even three if three was on, I'd quite happily sit and watch number three. Oh, it's three, three doesn't bother me. I and would you wipe my three. ass with the fucking cover. Honestly, <laughs> it's so okay. shit. But, oh. You, you get the chemistry, which is so good between these two. And I, oh, when I watched this, I was about, I don't know, in probably the third act of the film, and I thought, do you think Chris Tucker has asked for more lines in this film? He seems <laughs> to star in it more than Chan does, I think. I don't know what you guys think. It's it's a good trade-off, I mean, I, I would say, if he did ask for lines, because all the action, majority of the action scenes, you're looking at Jackie Chan. You're not looking at Chris Tucker because the choreography is done with Jackie Chan and same with the stunt team. So it's I think it would be a good balance if they did do that, whereby Chris Tucker brings the comedy side to the film. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did it right. I think you're right. What do you think, Neil? Do you think that's a payoff or or not yeah, really? I don't know. I kind of, I kind of agree with Rab and, and not because I think he's he has a lot more action in this film. And they bring him into it a lot more with the martial arts and stuff. But yeah, I think he's obviously quite big at this stage, and he clearly wants to show how how funny he really is. So I think he probably has been given a lot more lines because of that. Because, of, yeah. like Rav said, he is the comedy factor, isn't he? Exactly, and I think they they gain from that. I honestly, personally, think when they go into this karaoke bar because he's out there with. Um, Jackie Chan, respect to Lee. He's on holiday, but all he's done is work cases, and yeah. he doesn't know that he's still working a case with him. They're after a guy called Ricky Tan, who I think is responsible for blowing the counselor up. And his karaoke bar, it's the tropey um, kind of Asian karaoke bar where they're terrible at singing. And his reaction to listening <laughs> to this guy singing, I pissed myself. I even laughed tonight. <laughs> so so funny. He does this so well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's ruining a good song and all that murder and a good song, and he's booing him 
And it's <laughs> sitting next to that old Chinese bloke who's just looking at him going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Take us to the house. I won't make it, baby. What in the world is going on up in here? Am I the only one listening to this? Man, destroying a classic. To find us up. Don't stop till you're getting up. Keep on. To find us up. Don't stop to the game enough. Boom! <laughs> it was it's brilliant. It's just um, it's singing. It was really surprised me how good it was. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Have you done karaoke, guys? Are you? Do you like karaoke? Will you put your hand up? Mate, I'd clear a room in seconds if I stood up and did karaoke. Oh really? They, would, they wouldn't let. They wouldn't let me on it. It's awful. <laughs> so that guy, get out. I remember it's one drunk know, night in uh, one drunk night in what was it Warsaw in Poland with a, with one of my friends that that was a uh, that was interesting. What you were karaoke? <laughs> I was karaoke, unfortunately. <laughs> bon Jovi as well. Bon Jovi, wow! You can't go wrong with Bon Jovi. Talk about choosing a big number. <laughs> trying to sing Bon Jovi. Yeah, I butchered it. Fair play, yeah. I'll have a pissed up story of me doing karaoke in Butlins and Rav ramps it up to Pixel in Poland having karaoke. He completely it pisses off my story. I'm glad I asked you first, Rav, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. So, but, yeah, it was um, Butlins in um, Dubai, though, wasn't it, Stu? Of course. Of course. not. It was fucking <laughs> Minehead or some shit, though, I think. <laughs> Yeah, you got in free if you were a junkie or a public or bookstore or something like that. It was really, really exciting. So I was up there seeing Wonderwall and I thought I was a dog's bollocks, honestly. Wow. I really, really... Uh, but uh, <laughs> again, the, the, um, Tucker finds out that uh, he's there to do a case. And again, what I like about this is every time he tries to do his Chinese, it cracks me out because he, he's so bad at his Chinese. <laughs> he, he thinks he's so good. <laughs> he's got he's so good. much confidence, hasn't he? Oh, but that's man. that's half the thing, isn't it? If you if you're learning a different language, you need to be able to sell sell it so that you you actually you know, you know how, what you're saying. Even though you're talking absolute bollocks, as long yeah. as you sell it to the, you know the wider world, everyone will believe. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to speak that. He knows how to speak this. And he has got so much front. It is it oh, fucking yeah. cracks me up. It's, it's just all kinds of people go, Nick Ting Pow. <laughs> everyone just look at each other as if like, what the hell are you talking about? They see some of the tries, which leads to a really great scene where they're climbing up this bamboo after the triads. And it's just, it's such a, a massive kind of site, isn't it? The bamboo. I mean, do they do that? I wonder. I'm not sure they bamboo do. Was, I don't know. I think they do. I, I think I they do, yeah. Modern era. I doubt in the modern era, but um, prior to that, they must have. It's incredible. It's very typical, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's good for photography as well. Yeah, watching them climb up the bamboo, hanging off it. And again, what? as I said in the last one, and in like the lethal weapon films as well, like the actual practical effects, I think you just get so much more appreciation. The pitches, it's renowned that Chan does his own stunts. It's just oh, so quick. 
Yeah, it's so impressive. I mean, I don't know how old he is um, when he was filming Lethal Weapon. Uh, Lethal Weapon, Jesus, I know. Got it on the brain, <laughs> mate. He cares. Got it on the brain. But uh, <laughs> when he was doing Rush Hour, I mean, it's. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. His... How old was he, Rev? I think he was in his fifties. Yeah, I think that. he was. Yeah. But yeah. He's so agile, isn't he? And there's yeah. there's, there's a number <laughs> of um, stunts he does where how he does it and it's just you forget what's going on and what's actually happening you just look at him and think how can he keep going because they don't mm. cut away. it's just a lot of it's continuous it's very <laughs> clever isn't it there is oh. this one scene i must admit which did make me chuckle is when everyone's climbing up the bamboo and chris tucker's character starts to climb sees someone <laughs> off and all of a sudden goes oh hell no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you if i was in those shoes i'll probably be the same oh, no i'm not gay i'm okay <laughs> I'll take the stairs like him yeah, exactly, and be yeah. exhausted by the top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's no way I'd fucking do that. I have not got a head for heights. I no, will not be fit for that. But it's really impressive the way when they do get to the... I mean, uh, Jackie Chan's falling off it because obviously um, when he gets to the top, he goes up there and sees Hu Lee and she knocks him off. Then Chris Tucker does the same thing. And it's... It's so good because you can believe that Jackie Chan's up there and he's actually doing it because he's bonkers. But as soon as mm. Chris Tucker gets up there, obviously his wealth and his status, you instantly, for me, it kind of ruins it a bit because you lose the excitement because I, part of me, the excitement is knowing that he does it and how far he's willing to push himself. And you know there's no way that Chris Tucker's going to do this whatsoever. No, I can't imagine. He's dangling from a pole like high up at all, no. Sure, yeah, sure. that would feel though. He just, yeah, it would get the insurance to actually put him on hanging off anything. Plus, yeah. his, his fucking ego wouldn't allow him. No, <laughs> not. Again, from there, I, I really like the next scene, and it's just when they go to the massage parlor. <laughs> so funny. And again, it's Chris Tucker in his element. Well, when he's there it? choosing those women, it's just like a kid in a candy shop, in it. You pick any girl for you and your friend. Any girl? Any girl. Okay. I don't know where to start. I'll take that one right there. She got to come. Oh, yes. She's very nice. She is nice, but I hurt my back and my neck, and I need a little bit more massage. You know, so I'm going to take her in the pink, too. Oh, yes. What are you doing? She said I can have any girl I want in here, man. Calm down. Wait a minute. Well, hurry up. What's wrong with you? You don't jump in front of a black man in a buffet line. Calm down. He's just so good. And just listening to what he says, you can imagine him just making up all these lines, can't you? And everyone pisses themselves like Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, can I Can I go to Can we all go to a massage parlor like please? Because it looks oh. like look, a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do there? Well, I'd, I'd get a back massage, hopefully. Because, you know, I've got a bit of a bad back. But Work out those knots. Next. <laughs> bad neck, bad feet, everything. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But yeah, he um he picks about five girls, I think, doesn't he, when he's in that massage parlor. And they're all extremely attractive women. Oh, very much so, yeah. Mm. So did you go and one in po- Poland, Ralph Warsaw, when you were there? Did you finish your no. karaoke? Uh, <laughs> all I remember was having a number of bottles of beer in my hand on the on the table, and um, I can't remember the rest of the night. Yes, that's an answer. Yes, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some sort of massage parlor was 
used, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Visited, don't let's say. I hear any denial of a massage <laughs> quality. <laughs> I'm definitely I mean, going to confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, again, when they're in the massage parlour, you actually meet Ricky Tan himself. And I've got a, a bit later on, I've got a few issues. Now, actually, fuck it, let's talk about it now. Go on, then. It's Ricky Tan, it turns out, is, or, or was, rather, the partner of his dad, um, Jackie Chan's dad. Mm. And he found out he was in the triads and Jackie Chan's dad was killed. Um, because of that fact but I don't understand how Jackie Chan looks older than Ricky Tan <laughs> and he's meant to be his dad's partner it that's very true doesn't add up whatsoever does it no continuity like, there is like poor. working in the police that does it to you doesn't it I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense because no. when he said that I thought fuck me was he like five when he was in the police then <laughs> I didn't even notice it, Stu, until you just said it, to be honest, but you're completely right. Yeah. They are, they look similar age, don't they? If not, Tan looks a bit younger. So you're right. Yeah, it's just so, so weird. But again, when reluctantly a Tucker um, squares up to to Tan, you get a really, really good fight in the uh, the massage parlour. And you do see Chris Tucker actually... I wouldn't say, would you do in martial arts? How would you describe it? It was very well choreographed. And it was nice to see that they they gave Chris Tucker's character a lot more to do than just, you know, punch, go, punch, go. It was, yeah, it was very, very well choreographed. Yeah, I like the scene a lot. I, I really do. I think it was, it was very clever. The comedy aspect of where he's smashing up the the laptop because he wants Tan's attention and he has no clue that 15 guys have stood up behind him just about to kick his ass and then yeah the whole fight scene I thought it was very well done but it's it was really right. quick I don't know whether mm. it was speeding up at all because it was a remarkable I, I, the Jackie Chan things again I always believe that they're doing what they're doing because mostly yeah. in these films Jackie Chan is fighting other Asian males who are probably mm. trained in either stunts or martial arts or both but it was really, really quick. And seeing yeah. him just roll over sofas and kick people, and it's yeah. just so impressive. And it's only when you see the outtakes that you realise just how much pain he goes through and uh, how much he gives it 100%, doesn't he? Which you have to, obviously, otherwise you're going to get seriously hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think, when, especially with Jackie Chan, because I haven't watched a number of his movies, the older he's getting the less he's taking the hits. So if you have a look at him, the foreigner, compared to, you know, again, going back to the start of his career, Project A, he can sell the hits, but as he's getting older, he's starting to get hit a lot less, but he can still sell it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And he's, I think that's one thing that's just captivating about him when, when he's doing it. I know we were talking about the one trick pony, but obviously this is, what he's amazing at and I think anyone who's so good at martial arts when you watch them because it's something that I just will never ever be able to do no matter how much I tried I think it's a natural gift that people have got isn't it like I said if you did mate you'd end up killing people so that's you know you can't do it you're not allowed to be a martial artist it wouldn't be fair on the rest of the human race (laughs) I sneezed and hurt my back the other day (laughs) you didn't 
Yeah, so <laughs> I think me hurting someone doing martial arts is never going to fucking happen. <laughs> I have to say, the comedy in this one, though, this scene's brilliant, where he um, accidentally punches Jackie Chan in the face. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? And Quite <laughs> racial, but he turns out you all look the same to me, which you can't help but it's just awful. You wouldn't get away with it these days. Oh, and then God. when he rips the towel off that bloke and he goes, I can see why you're angry. I was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's and then just whips so in really nuts funny. with a towel. It's like, oh. <laughs> and again, it's the chemistry between them two. Even yeah. during a fight scene, it's just it feels so natural. It feels so close. It, it's kind of it's getting comparable with um, Lethal Weapon. It just mm. it does feel so good, and you really want these two to be together. Just because yeah. it's great, but it's weird because for me, from going from that which you kind of come away buzzing to then go into the police station. And we moaned about this last week where again, um, whilst you're in the police station, you get the same old story. I don't know why they've done this so many times. Um, you get Zing Hang, you get Hu Lee come along, deliver another bomb mm-hmm. and blow up the police station. They think Carter's dead, but he's, he left earlier because he left his wallet in the massage parlor. But you then get that moment where it's really sad. Like last week, they had a, a massive Barney, didn't they, in the bedroom of this hotel. Yeah. And they went off together. They were really down. And Chan was trying to use his acting skills to be emotional and upset. And it ruined it because he he's just not a very good actor at, at this moment in time or doing what he's meant to do, whether it's the direction. And it, no, when he sat in that chair, still. when he sat in that chair acting all depressed because he thinks he's, it's crap, isn't it? Yeah. You can just see... Just they basically turn around and say, Jackie, go and sit in that chair and look sad, would you? It's, yeah. That's he's just tried. And in the car listening to P. Diddy, it was just Yeah. Uh, obviously that's a callback for number one, which we haven't um done yet. But mm. t- to me it took me out and it wasn't needed. It was just a waste. They could have just not had that on there. I just thought he's dead and left it. I mean what what do you think, Rav? Was it did it bother you at all or did you not really give a <laughs> shit? It's it's difficult to say because when he sat in that chair in, in, the, in the middle of the police station, it is very much he's forcing himself, as you said, um, and it almost looks like he's smiling. Um, so and then again, when in the car, it, it's very forced, I think, from, from viewing it, from watching it. It looked like he was very forced. He's sinking to the yeah, fair play. Like you said, it's a callback to number one, but it, it just seems a bit too forced. He's not. He's not even at that fight at that time. He can't feel it from his character saying, "What he's just lost his best friend." Yeah, and I think what doesn't help is that uh, you're right. It's forced, and it's it's really kind of overtly forced, and you can see it. But you've just gone from something which is really natural to him doing martial arts, which flows so well, and you're comfortable watching it, you enjoy it, to then something so forced that he can't do. It just takes me out of it. I, I, it's a real shame they had this in there. Cause yeah. It was padding almost, wasn't it? It was just another little plot spin which lasted about five minutes because he obviously finds him again very soon after that. Yeah. So it just didn't didn't really need it. No. And, and again, <clears> I felt <throat> the same about you've got him sitting there in a police station all sad looking, uh, it's just terrible, to... Tucker walking around well, a market trying to find a massage parlor and he comes across that lady asking for directions and he cuts the going to cut the head off a chicken. <laughs> to me, that was, I mean, that was horrific. I couldn't watch that at all if I was actually walking around a, a, a market at all. 
like the wet markets, but that just wasn't needed. I don't, I could have done without it. It, it didn't add anything, didn't give me anything, you know, or I don't know if I'm just being miserable. I don't know what you think. I found it funny. I've got to be honest. I found the whole chicken thing funny, especially after as he's then carrying that chicken around. That's the only way he can save his life because <laughs> this woman just really wants to kill this chicken. But yeah. I can see what you're saying, but no, I, I found it funny. I was chuckling to myself. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good to um, it's good to see. It was just a scene for Chris Tucker. That that entire segment there was just Chris Tucker in his element. You got the comical aspect of what he's very good at. And he's portraying that on the screen, which was, was nice to see that. And again, it comes back to the, what you said earlier, whereby he was given a few more lines, if that's the case. So this this yeah. was his element. I did yeah, like the way I... the taxi driver mugged him off as well. Yeah. yeah. Took all his money and then told him to wait, and then he fucked off anyway. It's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Best lady, mate. Yeah, I do that. But next they go to Ricky Tan's yacht. Um, they're followed there and they each kind of they meet there obviously as we know they go there but watching Jackie Chan get across that rope with that polystyrene box on his foot effortless absolutely effortless yeah exactly I couldn't have said it better myself it's effortless the way he does it and that would have taken a load of effort to to force yourself across that rope keeping yourself dry with that box on your foot it's absolutely incredible Let's be honest, none of us would have ever done that. We would have ended up in the water on the first jump. Oh, so, Yeah, I would have been too scared to start with. Definitely. <laughs> oh, bless you, Steve. But they, they both end up on um, the boat, but they don't know they're on there yet. And again, whilst they're on the boat, they, um, Tucker sees the amazingly lovely Zizi Yang um, on the boat. And that's when we first meet um, Rosalind Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm pleased I, we do. See, I loved her in um, Devious Maids. I thought she was brilliant in that, and I thought it was a really good series. It's a shame it didn't go on for longer. But in this, I found her really cardboard acting. I thought, I mean, she's lovely looking, don't get me wrong, but I found her acting terrible. I really did. I found her really cardboard. But uh, again, yeah. that could just be me being a miserable bastard. It wouldn't be the first <laughs> Rav, what did you think? Um, I'll be honest with you, I've not seen her in any other um, movies or TV shows, so this is the first experience I have had of her acting is in this movie. So I, I can't really comment on that, unfortunately. So did you think she was good, though, or did you think fair enough, memorable, forgettable? I, I think there are certain scenes which are memorable, I'm sure you both would agree. <laughs> very, very memorable. Yes. Yeah, we'll definitely um, talk about them. But well, um, yeah, whilst it, you're on the boat... They bump into Stephen Rain, who apparently, uh, by the sounds of it, uh, is described by Chris Tucker as owning half of Los Angeles. Um, and we know already there's something wrong because he's with um, the agent and he's properly punching above his weight. So we know that there's something wrong there because there's no way that he, even for his money, will be able to get hold of such a nice young lady such as... Uh, whatever if I uh, acting lady Isabella I'd have to disagree with you Stu I think there are some very shallow men and women out there that will do anything for money and uh, I think that's what her character is she's pretending to be one of those people that will do what they can for a dollar dollar bill I think she'd do what she could anyway to be honest for anyone 
I wish you would for me. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> but, um, but just purely by chance, um, Carter and Lee do meet on the boat, and then they're introduced to um, Ricky Tan. And uh, it's kind of this. I didn't really see because when they introduced him, he's actually um, kind of giving um, Uli a massive bollocking, and then he speaks to uh, Lee on his own. And whilst he's speaking to Lee, um, Huli comes in and shoots him, and you think that he's dead, but. To be honest, it, it, I didn't buy that at all. Even on the first viewing, I didn't buy that. And I know this isn't like rocket science. It isn't a massive conspiracy film where you just don't know where it's going. But it, it just, it didn't sell as any tension to me. Well, we didn't, didn't really know it. who this C, um, he, Lee was, really, did we? We didn't really know anything about it. Then all of a sudden she shot um, Ricky Tang. So... Yeah, I was just following it along and I wasn't shocked by it. You could sort of see that something was going to happen. But I don't know, I was just sort of enjoying the flow of the film at this point. The ebb and flow. I didn't think he was dead, though. I I don't know. What did you think, Rav? Again, I think it's a very cliche death scene whereby the main bad guy all of a sudden gets shot by the the minion. and And that's the last you see of him. Yeah, and then next thing you know, uh, the last third of the movie, he, t- he appears again. So I didn't believe that he was dead. Um, it no. seemed a bit too convenient. You, you yeah. don't get rid of your main, the main, well, one of the main bad guys in the middle no, of the movie. It's, that's, that's it's not, not a conspiracy film, and it's not like one of those no. films where when we do see him later on in The Red Dragon, that we turn around and go, ah, fuck, oh my God, he was never dead. Oh my God, <laughs> did he start calling the wife? Babe, babe, come here. He wasn't dead. No. <laughs> Not that I do that in my house for anything. But uh, <laughs> apart from line of duty, which is very good. But it just wasn't one of those kind of uh, moments that stuck out for me as fuck me. I always got fooled by that. Never again. Never again. <laughs> but conveniently, this does, uh, after their kind of um, debacle, as I call it, on the boat, they do both then go to um, America conveniently because that's where everyone else is going. Uh, and they're keeping an eye. Uh, I don't know if they're keeping an eye on Stephen Raines or they're keeping an eye on um, Isabella Molina. But it's Raines, isn't it? Course, is it Raines? Yeah, because in the plane, he, he says that there's always a rich white guy behind everything. So uh, Chris Tucker says that we need to keep an eye on Raines because he was playing it too cool on the boat when all the guns started firing and stuff like that and, and that's when that, you get the scene that Rav liked yeah <laughs> no comment yeah. Only why did you no, like no, this scene in particular was it what acting <laughs> what kind of emotions what was it that sold it to you it was a great piece of cinematography so that was is it pornography or cinematography which one was that could you confirm that <laughs> but you, I, mean, yeah, you I, I must it, admit with, with the scene itself Jackie Chan yeah. and Chris Tucker did play that well um, when they were fighting over the, the monocular. Um, it was very well done trying to figure out, right, give it to me. No, it's my turn. No, it's your turn. Let me see. So, yeah, because they're watching funny. at the time um, the agent uh, get undressed. And I, I love the way that, as you say, Chan, when he's talking about it, he can't help but draw and give a commentary 
as if he's watching some kind of really yeah. terrible slow film. down baby he says at one yeah. point and Tucker's like what <laughs> what do you say <laughs> Chris Tucker comes over and says it's a was it Victoria's Secret spring catalogue page 28 yeah. when she's standing there in her underwear and I have to say she does look incredible she's got an amazing figure yeah, uh, she does. it's just really really funny they just bounce off each other so so well and that's when you see again uh, and I was really pleased that it didn't pay off the way I thought it would, because Huli arrives again with another package and gives it to her. And you think, mm. oh, my God, another bomb. They're going to do this same storyline for the third yeah. time. Yeah. I but, that. Yeah. But I was relieved when they do rush across and they do get the package off her and take it to the roof that it turns out that it's fake money. And that's when she reveals herself in more ways than one um, as a, uh, a U.S. agent, doesn't she? She does. Mm. And is it she works for the uh, Secret Service? That's it, the Secret Service. Yeah, the U.S. Secret Service agent. Um, and she, it's weird because she explains to them that it's like the fake money, um, and it's something like that. Some five out of the six, six biggest banks in the world don't can't tell that this is fake money. Um, and she tells them the whole plot, and that when it burns, it burns with a red glow out of it. Mm. And when she makes that call, after they leave, um, and she kind of gets them on side, but she makes the call and says, uh, Carter and Lee won't be a problem for the Secret Service anymore. Is that call made to the Secret Service to say that they're not a problem? Who's that call made to? I never could understand who it was. I think it's potentially to her, um, uh, to the person she's acting to. She's not, you know, not... Not to the Secret Service, but to the other guy. I can't remember his name now. God, it's me. I thought, who else knows that um, Lee and Carter are there for her to make that call to? You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? To be no, honest. No, she makes it to Stephen Rains or even Ricky Tan. They don't know they were in the the, the room. No. So I don't yeah. know who I she I think it's probably to a handler, isn't it? The person that's in, you know, her boss so to speak. But it has no playoff whatsoever. It's a pointless thing to say because it has no payoff at all. Just it's not a red herring. It doesn't get yeah. rid of them at all. It actually just makes the, makes them more involved in the case. I mean, why would you even say anything to them about it at all? You just say, look, this is a, a government case. You're not allowed here. If, you, if I see you again, I'll get you arrested. But she doesn't. She spills the entire plot and gives them a whole reason to go off and find more information. Yeah, but this this is this one thing that really annoyed me about this movie. You've got a a millionaire who owns God knows what a yacht, etc., etc., printing money, and this dye apparently is from India, which burns red. But the the real one, but you know, the real dollar bills, they burn black. You've got all this money and investment to launder money, yet you can't pick the right dye. That's so true. That's very true. In the world, yeah. <laughs> everything is on point but the dye which is red so it's just does that 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 took me out of the immersion bit and she's yeah. like well no i didn't even surely thought, Rob, i didn't yeah. until then but the interesting thing why do these all these people he owns half of los angeles so unless you know los angeles is extremely poor he's got a lot of money why does he need to launder even more like you know make fake money yeah it's, there's no gain to it at the end, is, unless I've missed something, in the sense that they're doing it for a reason, to 
don't no. know. I, it just seems that rich man wants to be richer. I think that's all it is. I think that he yeah. wants to put all the money in the casino and be richer. But I don't know. I mean, again, this is followed by. I mean, I, I love seeing Don Cheadle, Iron Man, just awesome. I love it. Mm. Uh, but this scene again was really padded out. Yeah. Why do they need this scene? Because all it leads them to is Rain's Plaza. Yeah. And they just really, really didn't need it. And it, it was just terrible dialogue. You learned that he had the fucking fake dollar bills there and that they burn red. And then he tells them where they're from. And then they go to the plaza. I mean, I'd rather have them just go to the, that address or some other way of getting them to that plaza than have this because there was just no payoff. I mean, it just was pointless. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm fatigued about watching like six rush hours in a week or two weeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> For these reviews, especially when they're the same, it's like watching one rush hour six times in two weeks. Yeah, well, they are the same story pretty much, aren't yeah. they? Just as a slight twist, that's all they are. It's it's just they churned these out and made as much money as they could, and it was the right thing for them at the time but yeah it, yeah you know there's not enough changes i have to admit though don Cheadle's character um as wasted as it was and if he is actually speaking mandarin it is very well you know um oh, it's incredible pronounces it very well and the martial arts as well all of it was mm. good but it was misplaced and I, I think that's what pissed me off it was don Cheadle was a really good actor yeah, but it was just the same joke from the first film, wasn't it? It was the same yeah. bit. And they, you know, they've done it. They didn't need to do it again. And you're right, they could have just done it in a completely different way. They could have gone to him and he would have just said, yeah, this is where I got it from. But it, well, even it didn't need to be. Well, yeah. sorry? Or introduced him early. Well, I'd say we're yeah. early in the movie, but, um, you know, name dropped his character. He is mm. in... Yeah, you know, he's here. He's doing this back in back in the US. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. it was just it was just didn't need to happen. It was just oh, we did this joke in the first one. It was well received. Let's shoehorn it in again in the second one. Yeah, definitely. I mean that that leads to them going to Rain's Plaza, and again, um, they come face to face after one of the smallest foot chases or shortest foot chases in the world, face to face with Huli and the rest of the gang. And again, it works well because some of the lines coming away from Chris Tucker is absolutely brilliant. And for me in this film, he's so, so funny. He's so on point. He is so sarcastic and he's just great. And I I love it every time he's on screen. Honestly, I like him as much as I like watching um, Chan's martial arts. Yeah, his comedy in this is a lot better. It flows, doesn't it? In the sense of one-liners and stuff. It was very tired in the third one because it was just the same shit churned out again. But in this one, they I think they developed in quite a lot from the first. Definitely. I think they learned from the first one of the the points that worked really, really mm. well. Uh, yeah. And I think they used it to advantage of a really, really good sequel so far. I mean, in the truck, they learned that there's loads of these clay kind of Asian warrior soldiers and all of them are hollowed out stuff with money. Mm. and they're the money that's the fake money that's going to be laundered but these two obviously don't know where yet um and again watching jackie chan struggle with this rope being tied up is fascinating to me 
he's so agile. <clears throat> yeah. How the fuck is age? Can he move and twist and get out of some of these situations? And when he's standing there rubbing his wrists in absolute pain, you can well believe that it actually mm. would hurt. He doesn't need yeah. to. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny. I love this bit because Chris Tucker's saying, I'm going to slap you, I'm going to bite your nose off and stuff like that in the truck. And it's hilarious because he's so angry. But, you know, he'd get his ass kicked by Jackie any day of the week. Lee! Lee! What happened? That Lady Isabella knocked you out. That's what happened, man. She played you. No. Yes, she did. She saved our life. What? Huli could have killed us. Lee, are you crazy, man? Look at us. We good as dead. Stop your whining, Connor! What you gonna do if I don't stop, huh? I will slap the hell out of you right now, Lee. Yeah? Yeah! I'll bitch slap you back to Africa. Oh, you will? Yeah. Well, come on, let me see that. Well, come on, I wanna see you do that. God damn it, come on. You, Lee, do it. You don't know you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but how he gets out, it's amazing. Like, you are right. It, it's amazing how he can just climb through that and gnaw the, well, you know, pick the rope over with his teeth and then. <laughs> Tucker's there just going bite it bite it yeah. <laughs> bite it like a dog and all this stuff is actually brilliant <laughs> and again thankfully they're taken to where they want to go they're taken to Las Vegas which is exactly the same place they needed to go um, and they're, when they come out the sewers they're right outside the Red Dragon uh, mm. casino which is so handy for them very but, very handy and they uh, yeah. have to go obviously, and look the part, which is absolutely brilliant. When, when they go to the Versace store and actually go and meet, um, and when they meet the the guy in the shop and he just, it's like that Jeremy Piven from Entourage. Yeah. He's so camp. He's so over the top. The one-liners <laughs> that he comes out with, wherever he's making them up, he is, isn't he? You see it in the outtakes. Yeah, the outtakes are fucking brilliant. Oh, just what he says to them is... Yeah. And again, I was in stitches. Hi, nice to see you. Can I help you, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm going to need black, 42 long, and nothing touches this body but pure silk. And get my partner something from the kids' department. Okay, would your partner like to be wrapped in silk as well? Some people think it's tacky, but I really enjoy it when couples dress alike. It's no, wait a minute, no, this ain't no couple thing, man. We police officers we work in a very dangerous case and we need some clothes. Yes, there are a lot of men chasing us. That's well, they should be. Listen, you have nothing to worry about, okay? Because I'm going to turn you two into the bell of the ball. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's start with you, shall we? You got the mochaccino face, wonderful skin, and the big broad shoulders, okay? Let's put a dead animal on you. Croc skin, buttercream, buttercream, croc skin, buttercream. What size is the waist? Let's go in. I wanna- Hey! Watch his sweetness. He's got some fire to him. Honey, cups. I like that. Go get the clothes. Okay, I'm gonna- Hurry pull, up. I'll pull some items. Ooh, jeez. <laughs> Little Kim, I'll be back. You see that? He likes you. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. <laughs> He's just so good to make that up so quick. And you can see the Jackie Chan. And even Chris Tucker is pissing himself. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> To be confronted like that if you're not used to it, sort of thing. And you could, how he obviously enjoys trying to make feel un- people feel uncomfortable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks so good, doesn't he? Yeah. He's having fun doing this. It's oh, definitely. And I think in these scenes, when you look at them, I always love watching their faces because sometimes you can, especially in shit like this, when you can work out if they've had outtakes that they're trying not to laugh and they just yeah. think, fuck it, just go with it. 
They're all so... smiling, not they're all grinning behind the lines, aren't they? You can see that, yeah. definitely. Especially Chris Tucker, he's really struggling not to just burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah, and Jackie Chan's terrible at fucking hiding anything, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it was mainly aimed at Chris rather than Jackie. Because I don't yeah. think he would have been able to control it as well. Because it's like, oh yeah, I think he no. likes you and stuff. <laughs> I just love his lines. It flows so well. The campness is brilliant. Yeah. I'd love him to be back in it, honestly. It's just brilliant. Rather than George, the fucking taxi driver. No, don't. Three. He's such a fucking useless. Just get this guy back oh, again. Definitely. But, uh, again, talking about padding out. In the casino, it was too padded out for me, to be honest. I mean, you've got Tucker who meets um, the agent again and she's the one who says to him um, when he's kind of dancing with her, Isabella says, look, the plates are here. I want you to go and get the plates. Um, and it was Chan. Yeah, it was Chan who she was dancing yeah. with. Sorry. It was, yeah. Chan, she was dancing with. And I kind of thought, oh, just don't fall for this shit again. She's done it again and again. You're just reusing yeah. the same stuff. Yeah. And it was kind of, if I want a, a heist of a casino, I'll go and watch Ocean's Eleven, you know, because yeah. that's done so, so well. Oh, definitely great film. He he goes and gets the he has to go and get the place and causes a distraction. And for me, this was it sounds miserable, and I don't mean to miserable. Just too long of Chris Tucker going on about he can't get the money because he's a, a black guy and it's a racist casino. And I know yeah. it's all the free Nelson Mandela and <laughs> and everything, but it was just too much, too long, you know. Yeah, the thing is, he'd made the distraction. You watched him do it, and he made the distraction, but then he just carried it on, didn't he? It yeah. Just, it's like, oh, come on, mate, give it up, you know. And again, they do try and play to the strengths of these actors, but I, this was just too much. I, I don't know what you thought, Rav, or whether you it's, thought it flowed well, but I, I could be I just take it seriously in that alligator tan suit. It's <laughs> <laughs> just... I mean, don't get me wrong, their style, and I, I don't have any style to say the least. However, I get, well, then again, yeah. it is Las Vegas, though, isn't it? So you, it's always extravagant out there. Anything goes. Anything yeah. goes. Yeah, that's true. It does. But when um, Chan goes to get those plates, again, the choreography, you going back to what he does best, fighting those multiple guys using the cupboards. And when he slides through <coughs> um, that tiny slot in that grate of where they dish the cash out, yeah. It's just incredible. And the outtakes, he really hurts himself, doesn't he? It does. Right. He smacks really really into it, doesn't he? Oh. Really does. And luckily for him, he meets um, Hu Li, who then tapes a bomb in his mouth. And I always kind of wonder, and I know you can't do it, but it's funny that this woman is a psychopath. That's clear from the start. Oh, definitely. Why she doesn't just fucking kill him. It's just well, I, I thought that when point. she killed Tan on the boat, or, although she didn't, why wouldn't you just shoot him then? But yeah. she, didn't, she smiles at him and walks away. And that's yeah. a massive issue, isn't it? It's just like, it does it in every, all these type of films have it, don't they? You've got the yeah. opportunity to kill the guy that you don't want around and you just... You it's, it's a classic James Bond villain trope, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you all my plans and then I'm going to kill you, well, attempt to kill yeah. you slowly. And it doesn't yeah. happen and you end yeah. up losing. The best one for that is in Austin Powers, isn't it? Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Oh, they rip that truck apart, don't they? Oh, so they do. well. I'll go and get a gun. I'll kill him right now. 
no, 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 no. I'm going to put him behind that door and think it happened and presume it's just happened yeah, for him. I think possibly because they want to introduce the shock factor of Ricky Tan being still alive, which yeah. is just underwhelming. Um, <laughs> so he's still with a bomb in his mouth. And you do get another fight scene, which is pretty short, which really leads to um, Melina getting shot and Jackie Chan um, falling out of the, 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 the office where he is. Uh, and... You see Stephen Rain going into his um, room that Tan does, Ricky Tan, that he's double-crossing him to steal the plates. And yeah. you get up there, it's very similar to Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, where Chan's rushing around, trying to find the detonator switch to stop the bomb going off his mouth and people are kicking it around on the carpet. And it's... It, it was all right. It, it, it didn't kind of capture my imagination and no. get me excited, you know? It's no. been done before better, no. I think. I yeah. think you're completely right. Yeah. It was trophy, wasn't no, it? I don't it was right. It's another case of Black Widow. There's no tension. You know he's not going to die. Yeah. So let's yeah. move on to what's going to happen next for me. Um, and it leads to uh, Carter having a fight with uh, Hu Lee. And it's quite a slapstick fight, really, isn't it? There's not much, There's not a lot of stakes. I, I didn't find that too entertaining. I was a bit disappointed. It's very slow. Yeah, I was really disappointed in the way. She, well, oh, right, she doesn't die, but we think she dies, and I yeah. found that really disappointing because she's double hard psychopath could kill him in an instant, and she accidentally gets hit in the chest with an axe. Yeah, and it's, it was it was quite sad, really. I thought it was quite lame the way they did mm. it. Yeah, I was to kill the character. Yeah, and it is a waste for someone who's so good at this choreography. Mm. That, mm. It must be frustrating for them fighting someone who's not skilled in it, but they might have to do a fight scene and it's slowed down to that degree. But it always makes me laugh in these films and lots of films where um, just before it happens, where you get um, Isabella Molina, um, the agent, where she pulls a gun out and she says, stop, you're under arrest. I'm a agent. Why would you say that? You don't need to. It's not important at this time, is it? No, you're surrounded. You've got no chance of escape, and yet you're pulling out a gun, telling you, telling them, "Oh, I work for the police." Yeah, that's not very smart. No. Yeah, I don't give a shit. So yeah, yeah. I'm just going to shoot you now, and she gets shot. Yeah. yeah, it's just absolute fucking nonsense. But yeah, it's a sad way she dies, and or you you think she dies, um, because she can't deserve better than that. And yeah, and again, it annoyed me when Ricky Tan goes into the room with Stephen Rain. And Rain knows how deadly and dangerous Ricky Tan is, that he's been with the triads. He is rated as a very dangerous person that he's going to do and not have a weapon on him at all, but just a smug smile and say that I never lose. Yeah. <laughs> what was that about? Yeah. Literally walk up to him and go, oh, you know, I'll just take these plates with me and shows him a, his gun, doesn't it? Oh, it's just bollocks. Yeah. It's gun in his pocket. There's yeah. no threat there whatsoever. And Ricky Tan just stabs him in the heart. Whether it's because of their age, they couldn't have had a fight, or I honestly don't know. But it's ridiculous. It's just like walking up to someone who's a complete nutcase saying, Right, I'm going to take everything you've got, and I don't expect you to punch me in the face. Yeah. It's just, then, you're letting them get that close to you. Yeah. You know, if, if you're if you know, you're about to screw your partner over to, you know, with these two plates you're allowing someone to walk that close to you where 
if you're going to try and draw a gun, you're pretty much at a disadvantage. Mm. Like, is that arrogant, or yeah. it's just the fact that the writing's just quite it's poor, poor, isn't it? Yeah. At this at this stage of the film, they're just sort of yeah. they've pieced it together and it can't be asked. Yeah, they're like, oh, we need to kill him off. Let's do it this way. It, yeah, I agree. It was it wasn't very good to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know that amazing character, Huli, gets hit really shit way she potentially dies and then this big bad you know rich bastard and then he gets stabbed because he's an arrogant twit you know it just yeah. it's yeah it's lazy it's pointless having a character yeah yeah you're right, Again, it's pointless yeah it is really really yeah it's just annoying it's as if they're trying to rush the end because yeah. when chan walks in and finds him dead on the floor and um carter's there as well there's not a fight scene between tan and uh carter which i possibly would have liked more yeah and i don't know whether it's the lack of ability or the age or whether he is older whether uh, ricky tan is but he's for him just actually get... two years younger oh really fact, than jackie chan he was born in 1952 so yeah he's two years older and jackie chan's 1954 oh, okay so but for him to get kicked out of the window like that and die falling into a taxi but another fall in death of a film that we reviewed is it's just a really easy way out for me. It's a really lazy way. I, I it was just a shame. I wanted more, you know, I wanted more stakes, more tension. Yeah. I just don't know why he would stand there. Sorry, Rav. And That's okay. start, he's got a gun to his face and he's basically telling him how he killed his dad and how, he, how pathetic he is and stuff like that. It's like, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't buy it at all. I was just like, why is he doing this? Does he want him to shoot him in the face? I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't know if you, either of you two can explain it to me because I just didn't see the Again, point in it. I think both you and Stuart hit on the head whereby the writers needed to have a quick close and this was the easiest out that they could, you know, to come up with. Mm. You have plenty of opportunities to say, right, here's, like you said, a fight scene between Jackie Chan, Ricky Ten, Chris Tucker's character. But all Ricky Ten does is hold a gun up, shoot at Chris Tucker, who holds up a rug, and then Jackie Chan just kicks him, flying kicks flying kick straight out the window. It's like, well, you know, sure, the tensile strength of a window is not going to break by you falling up against it, because if that's the case, then we're all yeah. screwed, aren't we? That's true as well, yeah. Yeah, it was a really easy ending. And again, as you say, you've got, um, when I think it's all over, um, Zizi Zhang, Hu Li, comes in with a bomb and they both jump out the window and kind of slide down the like the rope with the lanterns are hung on. And the special awful. effects just awful. Yeah, That's terrible, aren't they? Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, you get just... so this, this is the thing that gets me. So again, I'm going to a bit of plot thing whereby Su Yang walk, walks back into the room with two massive C4 blocks. That's going to take out the entire, well, that section of the flooring. Yeah, fair enough, the explosion is quite grand, but you've just had a axe, you know, impaled into your chest. Your lung is, you know, you've got a collapsed lung. How the hell are you walking? You would have bled up by now. But again, <laughs> it goes back to the trope of, you know, we need, yeah. a, big, we need a big finish because we've just ruined our big finish by the guy falling to a taxi. So we need something... We need a Hollywood finish. Explosions. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. the ending that I wanted. I wanted a big ending. I wanted something exciting. I wanted stakes. And mm. the special effects of them sliding down there was really, really bad. Compared oh, it's to the, terrible. 
It's as if they're looking for what's the next big stunt that we can do. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I did find the bit with the lorry quite funny, though, where Jackie Chan's running alongside of it and Chris Tucker's just bouncing off it. Yeah. I did, fi- I did very... find that funny, to be fair. Yeah, but well, that was very, very good. But So it ends with our, our two heroes at the airport where um, Lee's going to go away. He gets his kiss off um, Isabel Molina that he wanted. And uh, it does. It, it ends with them just walking away with war playing doing that stupid walk dance that they did in the end of number three didn't they yeah yeah it's oh. it's pretty much just the way they end all the films isn't it it's just, the formula isn't it end of the yeah day, it is it's the same music the same sort of comedy in the same way that they've ended the films so yeah yeah and it's and that leads into the amazing rush hour three but yeah so that was <laughs> thousand and one <laughs> rush hour two so uh, I mean, let's go, Rav. Rav is yeah. our uh, our lovely guest. Um, hopefully, long term guest. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your... stays forever more. Best bits. What was your worst bits? What would you give it um, out of five? I think again, Jackie. I, I do like Jackie Chan movies. So the choreographing, the stunts, that that was have definitely the best bits. Um, the worst bits, I have to say, is the plot. It, it's a God awful plot. It's written very badly. I mean, you you you're laundering money made in Las Vegas to send into well, you pack into Terracotta Warriors to send it to Hong Kong for that to be sent back to LA and then back to um, to Vegas to be laundered again. That, well, I, why not just you know cut out the middleman of Hong Kong, <laughs> just send it to LA and then back again. So yeah. it's almost like you wasted the entire, you know, just budget on, oh, let's go to Hong Kong. I appreciate, you know, you've got, you know, they're on holiday. You know, Chris Tucker's seeing what Jackie Chan, where you grew up, where the life he's lived as a police officer in Hong Kong. But it, I don't understand why you need to, where the plot rise, rolls around the money laundering. It, it's almost like an afterthought. Mm. Yeah, completely. So we, we need we need something for Vegas. We need to get to Vegas. We need to like you know big show. So you know it's always going to be. Let's face it, it's going to be Las Vegas, New York City, uh, Washington, or um, trying to where else to be. Uh, those are the big places though in, in the US. Or you know, so, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. Like Florida, Miami, things like that, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, Florida, Miami. That's what. Yeah, so it's it's going to be those places, and it's almost like. It, 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 body cop movies whereby something international is happening you're going to choose a big city in the rest of the world and then you're always going to come back to the u.s and it's going to be in one of these cities yeah so how much would you give this out of five um i would say three 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 out of five is this a film you recommend to someone to watch if you watch, I mean, I, I do like watching the sequels and, and you know, prequels if they're good. Yeah. But, yes, I enjoyed number one. Number one was something fresh. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Riggs and Murtock uh, yeah. from Lethal Weapon. And it wasn't like um, uh, Bad Boys with uh, Martin and um, Smith. So yeah. uh, this, this is your, this is the, the other body cop movie, which you say, right, you know, this is something else. It's not like Tango and Cash, but. This is the, yeah. the, the, the 2000s body cop movie. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, Neil, what's your, uh, what's your take on this? Uh, I like this definitely more than three. Um, but 
I don't know we're of very different opinions on that film. Um, I think my favourite bits about this is probably the martial arts bits and the comedy. I thought they did that. I did. They did both really, really well. But I like the way they actually brought Chris Trapper into the fights and gave him a bit more credence rather than just a, a flailing idiot. Um, so I did enjoy that. Um, the worst bits, I think, were definitely the whole storyline was pretty weak, but the ending was just terrible. Too many people died too easily and the special effects were shocking. Um, and I'd probably, if we're doing it out of five instead of ten, I'd probably give it a two and a half. Um, and I recommend it just because the first one's good and it's worth watching this one because it has got some good funny bits in and the outtakes are worth watching. Yes, I completely yes, agree. Definitely. Yeah, I think the worst bit is when I get to the casino onwards. For me, mm. I, I think the movie suffers. And I think, it's very said, rushed. Yeah, completely rushed ending um, with a lack of suspense considering how well they've built up to this moment. Um, and the, the best bits there, there are so many, it's hard to pick one out. I mean, I really loved it when they owned a Versace shop. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> Chris Tucker's singing his karaoke. I thought that was really, really funny. It's just the one-liners coming from him yeah. are brilliant. I mean, and uh, I think the probably the best thing about this, and it, it is a good film, and I enjoyed this film. And, and again, I, I could watch it again. But the outtakes for me, I love yeah. outtakes in all films. I think yeah. it's so good. Just seeing behind the scenes and seeing the chemistry between the two guys. And the fact that Jackie Chan can't speak English and when you hear the cast calling out what the actual words is that is it should be saying and the patience of yeah. both of them is incredible it, it's so so funny but oh, the one with chris tucker and the fish on the plane it's hilarious is this a kosher meal yes sir that's our kosher meal what's the name of it gefilte gefilte fish fish lots and bagels that's my favorite what's the name of this stuff gefilte fish Gefilte fish. Oh, what's the name of this fish? Gefilte fish. Gefilte. Gefilte? You know what this is? What is it? Gefilte fish. It's filter fish. Filter fish. You want some of my filter fish? You want any of this? Sh- uh, what's the name of the fish? Gefilte fish. <laughs> Gefilte fish. Gefilte fish. All right, sorry, okay. I love this stuff. I really don't. You have black people all over the world eating this. We used a lot today. I have some guilty fish. <laughs> it just yeah. It could not get that fucking fish names right, could he? It was. Uh, <laughs> the woman so... was getting so angry with him. Yeah, she was getting really pissed off with him. <laughs> it was brilliant. But I'd give this a three out of five. I mean, I I enjoyed this film. I thought it was really really good. And yeah, it was it's just a fun film to watch. It's a no brainer and. Yeah. at the right moment at the right time this is one of the films that you can easily turn to and again if it was on tv as i was flicking i'd probably sit and watch it so uh but yeah so that was rush hour three uh sorry that was rush hour two sorry to confuse things yeah, don't, don't make me that film again jesus uh, rush hour one will be next week um and it'll be interesting to see if we can finish it on a high even better scores because uh as we know, one is always the best. That'd be interesting to hear. And hopefully we'll get James back next week to do that. Uh, if there's any films that you guys want us to review, uh, then you can tweet us. We're on the Twitter at the Film Real Cast or 
the film realcast at gmail.com uh, and go to the YouTube channel as well. You can leave comments on there if there's anything you want to review. There's lots of videos. As I say, I've just done um, Beneath, which is a terrible film. Myself and Neil will be doing uh, episode four mm. of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we cannot can't wait. wait. It's absolutely brilliant. The things are hotting up. They're running out of episodes, so something's got to happen. It's going to be good. I'm getting palpitations thinking something's got to go down. I can't exactly. wait. Cannot exactly. Cannot wait. It's going to be a very exciting ending. Uh, there's a new trailer for Loki out. Everyone watch that. There's uh, another trailer for uh, Black Widow out. Have you guys seen these trailers yet? Oh, I haven't. No, I'm trying to not to. So I don't want anything ruined. I think they always give too much away in trailers these days. Often yes. you'll see that you've watched a trailer and you've seen all the best bits of the film. So I try not Definitely. to. Yeah, I've not looked at Loki. Um, I haven't watched the Black Widow one yet, but I'm not too fussed because yeah. we know how it's going to end and where it's going to yeah. go to. So uh, it's going to be all about Budapest because that's what her and Hawkeye always spoke about is Budapest. So that's true. I should imagine that's what it's going to be it. But but that's it. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And Rav, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast. Please come back and yes. if you're, I know uh, you work some crazy hours, but please come back and do number one if not with them going on to the terminator franchise so it'll be great to have you along for that ride as well definitely definitely superb well it's been great doing that thanks everyone i hope everyone enjoys this podcast please subscribe check out youtube um and it's been great i'm Stuart. thank you very much i'm neil goodbye come on rav say goodbye oh sorry rav goodbye <laughs> <laughs> <Cheers, guys. laughs>